Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a packed show on a hugely important topic, or I should say topics, this morning that I've got to ask God for some help. Lord God, please lead this conversation and please inform people that need to be informed from a biblical perspective, this worldview that we're dealing with here, uh, coming at us from all angles that is against you, Lord, and it's against your truth, and it is against religious freedom. Lord, help us to understand it better. Help us to know how we can respond proactively and not be overwhelmed because we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we receive the peace of Jesus Christ right now as we go into this podcast, this interview. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering us, for leading us. And we love you, God. Thank you for another day of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I was reading this morning in Hebrews chapter 6. I just want to share this with you. Why? Because you're going to need these verses. And uh, we're going to talk about some things that are just all, not always fun to talk about and a little disturbing, potentially disheartening. But we know that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Hebrews six eighteen nineteen, that by two unchangeable things in which it is imp- impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to hold firmly to the hope set before us. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. We'll stop right there. We've got Dr. Lee Merritt coming on with us in a minute. Um, since we did a rebroadcast yesterday of Rusty Thomas and talked about this abortion battle in America and the debate and the truth behind it, um, I wasn't on live, so I need to address our friend, Jillian Appling, whose office was firebombed Sunday, Mother's Day, And I just want to address this really quick. She responds to the attack on their office. She was on Tucker Carlson last night on Fox News, and several members of Wisconsin Family Council were on the news, uh, Fox and Friends and other outlets. But a leftist anarchist group attacked Wisconsin Family Action's office in Madison, throwing two Molotov cocktails into the office after breaking windows and then proceeded to light a fire. The arsonists posted graffiti on the outside of the building near the group's offices, saying, If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Julaine said, while this attack is directly provoked by the leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court in Dobbs' case earlier last week, this has far broader implications. Apparently, the tolerance that the left demands is truly a one-way street. And then she said, Americans see through the hypocrisy of the left. Just because the liberals don't get their way doesn't give them license to threaten bodily harm or to burn and destroy. We still support freedom. We love our republic and care for our neighbors. We will repair our offices, remain on the job, and build an even stronger grassroots effort. We will not back down. We will not stop doing what we are doing. Too much is at stake. Jelaine Appling, president of Wisconsin Family Action. So let's bring in today's guest. And last time, let me refresh your memory. Uh, I think it was either between six months or nine months ago we had Dr. Lee Merritt on. We talked about why we weren't hearing about alternative treatments for COVID, such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. What was the media suppression all about? We talked about concerns of these genetic therapy shots and long-term effects that we couldn't possibly know, and also shedding. And we also talked about fetal tissue research and the contents of some of these vaccines and a whole lot more. But today... Well, before we get to the topics, I just want to reintroduce Dr. Lee Merritt to you guys. She began her medical career at the age of four. How, do you say, do you ask? She was carrying her father's black bag on house calls along the back roads of Iowa. She graduated from the University of Rochester School of Medicine and Dentistry in New York. She served nine years as a Navy physician and surgeon. She was the only woman to be appointed as the Louis A. Goldstein Fellow of Spinal Surgery, and she's the past president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and she gave a phenomenal speech at Doctors for Disaster Preparedness on sars COV2 and the rise of medical technocracy 
which we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Dr. Lee Merritt, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on with us. So I reminded everybody, because we've got a lot of new listeners, fortunately, uh, that weren't with us a year ago or nine months ago, so they need to go back and listen to that interview with you. But today, there are a lot more issues. Um, and of course, you have been dealing with these things. You've got your own podcast. So before we jump into this, and we're going to tackle vaccine remorse, uh, bioweapon warfare, DNA, uh, speculation on the next health quote crisis, and also rumors of snake venom in the water supply. We need to get a balanced uh, perspective on that because a lot of people don't understand the truth behind it. But um, Dr. Lee Merritt, since we talked last, there's been a lot going on. Um, you've been speaking a lot. I know you've been censored on so many social media outlets. So where can people find the latest from you and about your podcast? Well, I'm trying to get my Rumble channel going, but I have a, I have a Monday night podcast. You can go to my website. It's it's themedicalrebel.com, three words, themedicalrebel. And uh, there's a lot of information. There's a big red bar of how to where to get medications, how to get help, what what's go, you know, what you need to know, what you should do right now to prep medical prepping right now in your house. Um, you know, just some stuff like that and uh, I've got some videos on there about different things. So, yeah, you can find a lot of information on there. Okay. And we'd love to have you join the podcast. That's what keeps the war fighting going, hmm. <laughs> you know. And, of course, your website, drleemerit.com, is also known as a.k.a. themedicalrebel.com. I just got yes. a text from a listener. Uh, radio is up. Got my notebook ready. Beyond ec ecstatic to listen to your interview with the wonderful Dr. Merritt. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So we've got that's a lot of friends sweet. tuning in and, and listening. They, they love uh, what you bring, the truth that you bring here. Um, and I want to ask you, first of all, we have had a lot of issues with friends, family members, uh, people we know that have died due to COVID since we last spoke. And uh, what are your maybe off the top um, just observations on this battle? Are more people waking up to the truth, more Americans that don't get the truth from the mainstream media? Do you see more people waking up and, and kind of pushing back or resisting a little bit? Well, at least I see more people speaking out to some degree. I, I mean, I think that the – I personally think this is a house of cards that is starting to crumble. So I would mm. have hope. Let's just start there. I have hope that we're winning. But the the problem here is that here we are, what, two years later, more than two years later, we still don't have a definition of COVID. We don't really know what we're dealing with. We still do not know what's in these vaccines because they don't have to tell us. We are being denied access to data such as death count. Okay. We are, we are being, the virus is, is being controlled and lied. Even the Department of Medicine of the military, the DMED database is being jigged. So we are being, uh, this isn't, this is primarily, well, I won't say primarily, but a lot of what's going on is an information war and we're being denied the information. So we're in the dark kind of fumbling around a little bit. But I would say that, um, that I think we've got, a better handle on it doesn't even just the fact that we don't know exactly what when we say somebody has COVID, we don't know what that really means. <laughs> right. If you want to think about it, because unlike past disease outbreaks, when people li literally, you know, they were very scientifically minded about about figuring out what's going on. They purposely told us to do things that would make it confusing. Don't do autopsies. Um, and 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 I, I, I would say that it, it, that's because we're at war. This isn't a disease outbreak. Yes. You know, when you think about what is this, the, you know, this is not a, an, a random disease outbreak. It's not uh, it's not just medical mistakes. It's not an accidental. Uh, it's not a natural disease. It's not even a ploy to make money. What this really is, is a calculated depopulation plan that's been executed flawlessly. And if you think about the big picture here, here, and I can tell you, I've spent the last year of my life studying how we came to understand the genetic code of this virus, this non-virus. I don't think there are viruses. I think that's what I've, I've come to the idea around Andy Kaufman and Thomas Cowan that we're not fighting a virus and that we probably never are. It's a different issue. And it sounds a little crazy, but what we think of as transmission can can be from a lot of things. It doesn't have to be from a little animacule that's invisible that they convince us exists that scares us because it floats from our, our one person's mouth to another in in the rooms, you know, unseen and unproven. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a problem. But 
here, here's what's really, if let's just, when you get rid of all the, the confusing details, let's just think of this. Here's what, here's what really happened. One guy in China was designated as having COVID. Now that the, this was, this was December of 2019. Yes. They had no tests and they had no autopsy because he was still alive. But they said, okay, here's a case of this new disease, COVID. And they took some lung fluid from him and they, did a very sketchy it's a, it's the way they're doing sequences is very questionable i mean i'll just tell you i that's one of the things that's highly technical but when you go about it it's it's imagine having a jigsaw puzzle that you don't know the size you don't know the shape you don't have a picture because you don't have a box and somebody dumps 57 million pieces onto your table and says make something out of it <laughs> That's essentially hmm. what happens in these computer algorithms when they give them these short sequences of genomic fragments that they dipstick from this guy's lung. Okay. Hmm. So it's a, it, it's a, it's what's called an in silico genome. They can't prove this exists in real reality. It's just on a computer. Even then it's got holes. That's why they also call it a consensus genome because they have to vote on it. So one guy, one genome, Uploaded into the gene bank by whom? The Chinese. Mm. Now, they're prob- I, I, there are a lot of good doctors in China that I really believe were taken completely by surprise here. And they really were trying to take care of people and do the right thing. But in amongst them are the people that know what's going on. They're part of the People's Liberation Army. They're, they're, they're government researchers. They're people that are read into the program. And they're down. They're out. Their goal is to infect us and take us out. Right. So we don't know the players because we can't read Chinese, most of us. And we don't we're not being read into the program. We don't know who's who. But these guys upload a genome into the gene bank on this side of the Pacific. We download it. Our pharmaceutical um, scientists download that very genome. And they within two hours say we have a blueprint for a vaccine. And this is the vaccine we just gave our entire military our border patrol, our nurses, our trauma surgeons, our truck drivers, everybody, police, everybody you would want to defend and maintain the infrastructure of America. Hmm. Think about that. Wow. Our, our military was given a vaccine given to us, the blueprint of which was given to us by the People's Liberation Army of China. If you think that is not a national security nightmare, I mean, that is horrendous. And it made me... I was, I actually was speaking to some military, uh, active duty that were kind of the refuse nicks off on the side, kind of in, a, in, in the closet here. And I said to them, but they were filming it. And I, and I just, I told them that story. And then I blurted out. I said, is the general staff of the United States military captured? Are they treasonous or are they, are they incompetent? I mean, I can't come up with a fourth reason. And then I thought, I looked at the camera and said, you might not want to play that for your sergeant major. Um, but really, you have to ask yourself. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this is not anything except a programmed war against this. And it is targeted. The other thing, uh, I've been giving a talk these days called the great DNA war against humanity. This is not targeted at everybody. Okay. This is targeted against the West. Mm-hmm. We are now in a demographic. This is the fourth stage of the war. The first stage was releasing this, this, this toxin that we call the spike protein. The second was a psyop created by false testing that got everybody to be afraid and lockdowns and all that stuff that it got everybody to be a f- very afraid and kind of Stockholm syndrome so that they would run out and take what's the third phase is the vaccine that isn't a vaccine, but it's a genetic therapy. We know this because the FDA tells years ago told us what these things were called. They mm-hmm. were VBGTs or viral based genetic therapies. So that was the third phase. And now what the phase is, they're sitting back and they're watching the die off wow. and they're seeing, they're seeing what they did. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's bad. I don't care. You know, people can say, well, I don't see, I don't see anybody dropping around me. I, my husband said that to me and I said, okay, your buddy called you. How many friends in the fifties did he have die? Oh yeah, four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, the problem is we happen to be surrounded by unvaccinated people, but the people whose who whose friends all went out and got this, they're seeing it. Wow. And and so what are the numbers? I mean, we Indiana, the actuaries and actuaries, they're the they're the honest brokers here because insurance companies make money by by knowing the numbers, not by lying to themselves. 
The actuary in Indiana said all-cause mortality in 2021, the year of the vaccine, was up 42%. Now, in the year of COVID, it wasn't up. Now, hmm. 42%. I want, and, and, and I have a, a friend who is involved in an insurance company, and he says if you look at between the ages of 45 and 65, all-cause mortality, which is the one true number you can look at, either you're dead with a death certificate or you're alive. It isn't whether you died of COVID or whether you died of heart disease. You can jig all those numbers, mm-hmm. but, but, but are you dead? And if you're in, and so the death rate has gone up among the 45 to 65 year olds, 82%. Wow. Yeah. That's astounding. Um, England is saying 47% all ages. Germany's saying 25%. And they just came out and said, well, we may be off by on our, on our looking at, at, um, adverse events with this vaccine by an order of 40 times. So you see what's happening? What if, if, and, and then where is it not happening? I think this is pretty, it would be funny if it weren't so tragic. Africa, the experts are saying, we don't understand why Africa is having no, no problems from COVID because only, because less than 5% of people are vaccinated. Right. You know, they had to shut down a vaccine plant in Africa so nobody was taking the vaccine. You see, they didn't go after them like they went after us. Interesting. And it's a little more, you know, hard to do. It's not quite as urbanized. So we're in real trouble yes. demographically in the West. And especially, like I say, what happens if, if our border patrol all die? Well, maybe we wouldn't notice a difference there. But our police and our, our firefighters, everybody, we don't know. Hmm. And when they're not giving us the numbers that we can follow this. We need a trend. If, you know, if I were the captain of the army, the, 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 the general in, chief of the whole joint chiefs of staff what i would do is look at not only the death rate but the rate of change of death rate is it going up or is it going down and who are who are we who what ages you know i mean these are critical numbers right now to our survival as a nation yes this Um, is how bad it is so everything else and and i will tell you the other the other ugliness the part about this dna program is it was targeted to certain genotypes and we now understand this better. Yes. And it's really creepy, the whole thing. We're speaking with Dr. Lee Merritt, the website, themedicalrebel.com. I want to get to vaccine remorse. I think we're going to have to do that yep. at the beginning of the next um, segment. But I want to follow up on something you said about the U.S. military. I, it's really eye-opening that you painted this picture of concern about the security of the United States with our law enforcement and with the military. I'm sure you know the up-to-date numbers of vaccine adverse events, the heart issues and problems military personnel had. Could you take the next uh, just two minutes in this segment and fill us in a little bit more on that? Well, sure. You know, when you look at how many people actually died from this vaccine, that's only the smaller number. The, the larger number are the the adverse events. And those adverse events, in many cases, make you non-deployable. So you've got a mm. bigger group of the military that are not fit for deployment and cannot do their job. Now, just they're not telling us that, okay? And I get that. that is, there should be some secrets about that <laughs> because we don't want everybody to know how disabled we are, right? right. But let's just look at the professional athletes. Mm. What are we seeing right now, like at the Madrid Open? People are dropping out. And I have a friend, I don't speak Spanish, but I have a friend who is from Mexico who does. And and he says, you know, you read uh, La Quinta Columna and some of these scientists over there, and they're saying, look, you know, uh, the, the Serbian tennis player is advancing and and one of the reasons he's advancing is people are dropping out mm-hmm. because they're not well mm-hmm. and that's what's what how much of that is in the military when they say there's myocarditis which is the big they now admit yes. even the vaccine people admit there's a problem with young men and myocarditis especially young men well that's our military and um in after eight months of the vaccine there were 800 extra cases in the dmed probably more if they hadn't jigged it but 800 cases that's a 50% to 60% death rate in five years. So just because you're not dead now doesn't mean you're going to be fully recovered and do well. Sadly, the truth of the matter is we are we don't know where we're going to be in five years. Wow. Yes, and we've got to take a break, but we also don't know the future, the long-term effects of these uh, shots, and we'll be finding out, sadly, I think, in the years to come. Dr. Lee Merritt is our guest. When we come back, we're going to kick off the next segment talking about what you can do if you did receive the vaccine and are a little uh, disappointed, remorseful, you did it too quickly, and now you're 
saying what can you do to reverse any possible effects, plus a lot more, including snake venom and the water supply on Stand Up For The Truth, next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest, Dr. Lee Merritt, TheMedicalRebel.com. It'll take you to Dr. Lee Merritt. Dot com And before we get into the uh, topic of vaccine remorse and others, I mean, we could do a two or three hour podcast with this woman. Um, uh, Dr. Lee, we have a, a friend of ours. His name is Scott Shera. Uh, he just sent me this information on being censored again. Uh, this one on YouTube, uh, a video that went out. Of course, his daughter last December was killed at a hospital, uh, given three different uh, drugs at the same time and put put on a DNR against the family's wishes. Uh, maybe because she had Down syndrome. I mean, it's a, it's a, a pretty an amazing story, and he's been meticulous at gathering documents, statements from the the medical uh, history and the personnel there. And he would have a lawsuit if he wanted, but he's trying to get the medical personnel to repent. And uh, he has more patience than I think most of us would. But anyway, pray for Scott Shera, friends. He's uh, just continuing to speak out. And it's been months, and uh, this is what they're doing here. And the medical establishment certainly doesn't like it. Um, So, Dr. Lee Merritt, we have a lot of people that maybe took the vaccine really quickly because the media did their, well, I was going to say did their job, but their job is to report the truth for all American citizens. They do not represent the people. They were promoting fear, fear fear-mongering. They were taking the side of the government, and they were, just really trying to, whether it's masks or social distancing or get the shot, you have to get the shot, save lives. It was this hysteria, and even Christians got sucked into that. So now, at this point, what can people do who have taken the shot? I know you've got a lot of things on your website that people can order to help, but you have a lot of other information as well. Right. I mean, I have right under the red bar, the second from the top is vaccine remorse. What happens if you got vaccinated and want to avoid problems? So, um, you know, the the first thing to do, and Luc Montagnier, famous French researcher who discovered the uh, HIV, he said, you know, he predicted this large death count that we're seeing. And he said, and it, it's just getting rolling, but he said, if you take any other vaccine or if you wear a mask, you're at high risk of dying from this. So why, you know, t- don't take any, it's not just about not taking another one of these. Don't take a shingle shot. Don't take anything from these psychopaths that brought us this. I mean, that's really... Let me let me point out that the very people that brought you this this genocide years. I mean, this has come this has been coming on for a long time. The planning's been there for a long, long time. And one of the things they did was that they introduced squalene as as an adjuvant in one batch of the anthrax vaccine for the Gulf War, and that's what caused Gulf War syndrome, squalene. Wow. Hmm. So what happened was for years, everybody complained to the FDA and the CDC and they didn't do anything. They, oh, no, we'll never have that in an American vaccine until about 2014. They put it in the flu ad and they put it in other vaccines that they were mandating nurses to take the flu shots. Hmm. Think about that. What kind of psychopath does that? I use that term <laughs> literally because you cannot have any human empathy hmm. and not care about the side effects of something like that. So don't take any of these vaccines at this point. We're going to have to, to, to get out of this. And um, don't wear a mask. I mean, besides the fact that it's a, it's a slavery signal, it's nuts. It, that's what really it does. And that they don't work. We're not dealing uh, with, a, with an actual medical solution when you wear a mask. It's just a sign of compliance. Hmm. But the other problem is it builds up CO2 behind the mask. It's not about oxygen as much as CO2. And when you build up CO2, you cause inflammation in the body. We know this from other medical conditions like COPD where you naturally build up CO2 without wearing a mask. You just can't off-gas the CO2. And what do they get? They get dementia. They get other problems. So... You don't want that. Don't, don't, inflammation is the common pathway here. Don't increase inflammation in the body. Eat an anti-inflammatory diet. There's a lot of good information I have on the, how to do that. Um, and, you know, if, if you, most people now, it's, it's a while after the vaccine. So mm-hmm. I have some things on the site about what to do right after you take it. If okay. you next day you realize, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But that doesn't apply to most people right now. Right. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. If you have any symptoms, you need to be aggressive about it. You need to get a D-dimer test. You need to look at your blood count hmm. because 
we're seeing a degradation of the immune system and we're seeing microclotting that happened even four to five months after the vaccine. Now, there are certain supplements that do make uh, a difference. And um, vitamin C, I like liposomal vitamin C that Mercola has. I don't make money off of it, but I just, I'm going to say I, I would take it a little bit all day long if I had taken the vaccine. Now, I take it, but I don't take it all day long now unless I'm sick. I have stuff on my website called, it's Greska's Carbon 60. And the reason I like that is because it's a huge antioxidant that can help restore the health of your mitochondria and, and get rid of the, the, the charge problem around your red blood cells that help cause the clotting. So Carbon 60, I think, is a real deal here. Hmm. And his happens to be the most pure form. So um, just a little bit every day. Uh, you know, if you took the vaccine, I might take it twice a day, but I just take it once a day selenium okay we're seeing what are the things about this vaccine is that it's not a vaccine i keep using that term but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes. this is a genetic agent mm -hmm. this was a man-made bioweapon and we knew this in february of 2020 actually january of 2020 when prashant pradhant published his paper with his colleagues that showed they had four inserts of hiv the human immunodeficiency virus inserted into the spike protein of this sars-cov-2 that they claimed Okay. That whole virus may not exist. It probably does not. But at least the spike protein exists. We know what it is. It was 181 base pairs, and it's it's got these four inserts. Now, what are we seeing around the world? People's immune systems are decaying, right? like AIDS. They're calling it vaccine-induced AIDS. Well, Tony Fauci you know, probably killed a lot of people with his AZT therapy. But it, while he was doing that, one of the things that most of us didn't know at the time there was another group or a couple groups that were using selenium, and they found that if you saturate the the plasma with selenium by taking 220 micrograms a day, you don't want to go over that 200 to 220 micrograms a day. You go, you this helps you then um, uh, avoid that. And over 85 percent of the people that took that in those days, uh, in like the gay population, they didn't progress to AIDS. Hmm. They were positive for HIV, but they didn't progress. So I really, so I make this easy for you because I have a, I have a, on my shop and I'm, it's a shameless plug, but this is how I keep my <laughs> war chest. Uh, I asked. But I do, I do have it. Yeah. I do have a thing called an immune stack that has selenium. Yep. It also has NAC, which is a huge, uh, glutathione producer. That's another thing to help remedy problems and betaine. One of the things that we see also in cancer spray are breaking out. People are getting shingles, they're getting um, herpes simplex, they're getting all sorts of viruses coming out, and they're getting cancers. Cancers that were in remission. They take the vaccine and boom, they blossom out. Well, the reason, and I learned this from Judy Mikovits, is that, that we all have cancer genes in our genome, but we keep them at bay. by We keep the, the gene, uh, it's called epigenetics, but we keep the gene closed down by methylation. It's a chemical process called methylation. Betaine is a methyl group donor. It's trimethylglycine. It donates that methyl group. It pushes that reaction to the right so you can keep that DNA and hopefully will make a difference. Now, I, mm. that's theoretical. I'm just going to have a complete okay. solution here because we don't know everything that's in there. Exactly. Obviously, vitamin D, um, quercetin and zinc are in the, in the immune stack. Melatonin, um, lysine. There's a bunch of stuff. A okay. baby aspirin daily. There you go. There's okay. my. So to go to the shop at the uh, medicalrebel.com and uh, thank you. The Fiorazzo yeah. family takes the immune stack. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for some of the products you have on there. And um, what I want to ask you about, you recently said in an interview, I'm, I'm not sure if it was the excellent interview with uh, Alex Newman at the New American, but in maybe one of the interviews I saw recently with you, you said we are in a DNA war and you called right. it World War Three. And you said we're in the fourth stage. Before we get to the snake venom and water supply, could you explain what you meant by the fourth stage of the war? Well, that's what I just did. Is the, the first stage is the outbreak. Second stage was the, the PSYOP. Third stage was the vaccine, so-called. And the fourth stage is the die-off. Okay. The fourth stage is we're sitting around. I wouldn't be too comfortable that they're taking away all the, the restrictions because they think they don't need it right now because they're just sitting back to watch and see what happens. Mm. And they're wow. counting, uh, as, as the Native Americans in the war would say, counting coup. They're looking at how many scalps they have. And I think that's what 
is going on here in a mm. war you know you have to you have to know how many you troops you have and how many troops they have interesting and um that's what the that's what's going on so we'll know i didn't mention by the way in this by the way i got to just say one more thing about vaccine remorse sure, sure. 5g and 5g and electromagnetic radiation part everything we see could be could have been produced all the the d- disease and all the things that were going on by um electromagnetic frequencies and we they can and and this has been well worked out i mean you can you can create disease with electromagnetic frequency you can tailor the disease you create by which frequency and how you div- deliver it so what we're dealing with here that's an unknown and keep in mind that we've all been subjected every time a flu outbreak you know pandemic or epidemic has broken out especially these worldwide ones it's been through either a big sunspot cycle sun flares or in the modern era another era of electrification hmm. try to de-electrify your life i mean i i'm i'm in my little bat cave down here which uh <laughs> i i actually i jokingly call it the zc45 cave because that's the bat that we think the genetic material was taken from but it's the um you know i i've i'm i'm gonna do what celeste solem did, said and i'm gonna put a little copper mesh above me hmm. uh and I'm going to, um, and, and I just don't have anything coming in here except what I have to have, my computer and my microphone and, and lights. But that's not the kind of thing that gets you. It's the, it's modems, it's routers, it's the, it's your cell phone. Wow. So, yeah. Mm. So, and, and a simple thing for people to do, the best thing is not to have any electronic device in your bedroom. At least once a day when you're sleeping, get away from it all. But at least take your cell phone. And if it's whenever you can, put your cell phone an arm's length away. Yeah, I've done a test with my meter on my chest, and I've noticed that it's quite high if I'm sitting there reading it not cl- close to me like you would normally do in bed, for example. But if I just move it away from me, by the time I get it an arm's length away, that reading on my chest is zero. Wow. So. Wow, there's so much. Okay, I could do a whole podcast with follow-up questions, Lee. Um, I, and I do want to ask, there are very, there are some people who might say, come on, Dr. Lee Merritt, this just sounds like fear-mongering. How do you respond to that? Well, I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, mm. the problem is we have numbers. We just don't have enough of them. I tried to get them locally from my, you know, it's science. What we try to do is look at the world honestly. Mm and make observations, and then try to explain them. Now, here's an observation. Wherever the vaccine goes, death and, and disease follow. Uh, you know, they, want it, they, they, they make it sound like there's just all this incredible things going on, and it's all coincidence, like all these soccer players dropping, okay, in Europe. Yep. Now, I looked at that, and I said, you don't look at, when you explain, when you say, hey, there are a whole bunch of these soccer players dying, and early on people would say, well, but, you know, that we've given billions of doses of the vaccine and there's just a few soccer players. That's not the way you look at data. you got to compare apples to apples. Mm. Have we ever seen 10 whole soccer teams die in a year? That's what we have in Europe. Mm. 10 professional soccer teams, the equivalent of 10 teams dead. That's how many are dead from after they took the vaccine. Wow. So let's just think about how crazy this stuff is. We, we are making up diagnoses to justify our findings. So now they're trying to tell us that this chest pain that people are having, um, is post COVID traumatic syndrome, like it's PTSD from war, right? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And my favorite one is this whole athletes dropping on the field or getting chest pain and everything. They're now blaming it on the referee's whistles. Oh my goodness. I I'm didn't not, hear you that. You can't one. make this up. I didn't hear okay. that one. You, <laughs> yeah, this is a new one. It's the latest one. I, I just, it's just, I've, it's unbelievable. But here's my point. The simplest answer usually in science is the most correct. You know, it's, it's el- uh, science and, and the nature are elegantly simple in, the, in its, in its ultimate analysis. And if you look around the world, that's my observation is that where the vaccine has gone, you have the highest death rate. Look at Africa where the vaccine has not gone. You have the lowest death rate. And the countries that have the highest vaccination, you have the highest COVID rate. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to say that there are variants. I have a whole paper I published on the nonsense of variants. And, it, you know, is it is it you don't need to have this complicated biologic under uh, thing about variants, which I don't think can be true uh, the way they're explaining it. It when you can all when you can just look around and say, 
oh, if the vaccine were actually hurting people, it would also it would explain all these numbers. Here's an example. Um, you go down to South, um, uh, the South Pole last year, the Belgian contingent, right? They are, they are healthy people that have been highly screened for their wellness before they're chosen for this mission. We, uh, my friend used to be a doctor on the, um, American South Pole thing that where the Navy doctor was the one that helped them winter over. Okay. And you mm-hmm. stay there for a number of months and you're really, really isolated. So they choose healthy people. They make sure of your health. They isolate you before you go down there. So you're not going to suddenly bring a disease down. These are people in the Belgian contingent this year. There were 25 of them. They've been vaccinated to the max. They were boosted. I think they were, they were, you know, tested to, you know, ad nauseum. And yet they go down there and now 60 some percent of them have COVID hmm. or are, and some of them are sick or some of them are just positive. I mean, what does this say? It says that, and keep in mind, how does this so-called vaccine work? This is insane. We we told we were told we had to take to our basement, wear our masks, and wash our hands, and do all these crazy things. Stand six feet apart in government-approved circles. That's the craziest one, because <laughs> a few, just a few of these spike proteins that got into your mucous membranes, like your nose or your eyes or your mouth, could make you sick or kill you. But don't worry, we're going to make a vaccine that will literally produce trillions of spike proteins in your body, and we're sure it's ninety-five percent safe and effective. Wow. And That's the lies yes. we're being told. When you get away from all the fluff, you know, get get rid of all the, you know, they, it's easy for them to to, to confuse you with all the trivia mm-hmm. and all the all the science that's not. But but at the end of the game, that's what they're telling us. Well, that three or four of these spike proteins could kill you, but we're going to give you trillions in your body, yep. and we're not going to tell you what else is in there. We still don't know. After all this, they say that Pfizer is going to release all this stuff. They haven't released any new information that that I've seen uh, in publication getting out to the masses that tells us something new. So we'll mm. see. Yes, we will. We've got to take another break already. We're with Dr. Lee Merritt, themedicalrebel.com. I'm going to ask her when we come back about how the government seems to be pushing vaccines for children And there are some problems with that. Also, the FDA restricts the use of at least one vaccine, Johnson & Johnson, over blood clot fears and so much more. And we will get to snake venom in the water supply. In fact, I think we're going to have to address that right out of the break when we come back with Dr. Lee Merritt on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Dr. Lee Merritt is our guest, and I know we could talk about so many other things, including the FDA. And uh, so this is a government agency. Should we trust them? They're recommending vaccines. Then they don't recommend the vaccine. Then they restrict the use of a vaccine. But we, we've got to talk about this issue that we've been hearing so much about in the last several months, Dr. Lee Merritt, about snake venom and the water supply. Most people would hear this and go, conspiracy theory. I know we've heard from reputable people who have researched this and how that could possibly be, possibly be pulled off. Because it, w- it would right. affect everybody, not just the Christians or conservatives or Republicans or the uh, outspoken doctors. It would affect everybody if it's in the water supply. So please break that down for us. Okay, so Brian Artis is my friend. And so I'm just going to tell you, I have no hard feelings about this whole thing. And this is what, <laughs> what people what people have to understand is scientific, real science is about debate. Mm. So somebody finds out something they think is true. We debate it. We talk about it. That's just normal. And that's what we're doing. So disagreement's okay. Mm-hmm. So the, there's three issues. Is it in the vaccine? Is it in the spike protein? Has it been genetically coded into the spike protein? And is it in the water supply? So let's just break it down by okay. that. Now, the first thing to say is that there are a lot of different snake venoms. It's not just one chemical compound. And that snake venoms have traditionally been used by healers for millennia. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can go to Japan and get snake venom sake. And depending on what's wrong with you, you get a different type of snake venom, right? So, so... We use snake venom. If you take captopril, for example, which is a blood pressure medicine, it affects the ACE2 pathway. That's what this whole COVID thing affects, too. Mm. It's a blood pressure thing, and it's and it's patterned or made from snake venom. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies use snake venom all the time in research. So 
That part we know, and that part really isn't debatable. What the real issue is, is did they code it into the um, spike protein? I cannot find any evidence that's true, but that may not be the whole story. I mean, I'm not a geneticist, and I have to trust other people that are researchers to look at this. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a difference. What you're hearing Dr. Artis actually say is that there is there are and the people in Arizona that had that first paper, there are homologous sequences. Homologous sequences do not mean that somebody put snake venom in there. It it means that in my genome, for example, I probably have homologous sequences to lots of things in nature, including bananas hmm. and snake venom. Okay, they're similar sequences, but they're not they're not exactly the same. Or even if they're even if for short sequences they're exactly the same. I'm not a banana. The fact that 50% of my genome is similar to bananas doesn't make me a banana. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot of that going on here. So mm -hmm. I think that what we're seeing, and, and here's the other problem, is that this snake venom-like homologous sequence are these phospholipid peptides or phospholipid uh, chemicals that we see go up in stress. So when you're sick, when you're really sick and you've got a lot of oxidative stress, you fling out these snake venom-like proteins and pe peptides in your body. And 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 that's also something we've known. The the question is is that's what's going on or are the sick people have they been dosed with something? That's what we don't know. Now, I can't say I'm not voting for it being in the spike protein. I don't think it's part of the disease. And one of the reasons I'll say this is that that snake venom is dose weight related. In other words, if I had the same number of grams of snake venom and a, a big rattlesnake injected it into a, a 250 pound, you know, marine down in Camp Lejeune, I, I was that's the number one snake bite state in the country, and I was there with the Marines. That's one thing. If they if that same snake would do that to a two year old, that guy that two year old would be dead. Okay, so it's weight related, but that's not what we saw when mm. it came out. Okay. If it were in the water supply, same thing. It's dose weight related. So children would be most affected, but they're the least affected. So I don't think okay. we're dealing with it in the disease. Okay. That's number one. Number two, in the vaccine, we have no clue. And I'll tell you why we have no clue. They could have put it in there. They could have put organoids in the, in the vaccine that he says they're seeing in the, in the, in the research people. These little, uh, things that make the snake venom in the vial of vaccine. That could be, I don't know, because they don't tell us what's in there. And we're seeing all sorts of creepy things in here. Okay, so that's that's number two. I don't I can't speak to the vaccine, but the answer there is don't take the vaccine. Right, right. It's not a vaccine. It's a toxin of some sort. The third thing is, is it in our water supply? And that's the one I want to reassure people about. I absolutely do not believe it's in the water supply. Now, okay. having said that, I get a lot of feedback, negative feedback from plumbers and people saying, oh, you're crazy about this. You don't know about plumbing. Well, but I do know about LD50. Here's the point, And I do know about the bioweapons research. So okay. here's the deal. Think about it. The re there's a reason that bioweapons people traditionally did not really make a big deal about put about poisoning somebody's water supply. In a modern world. Now, in ancient times, we knew that they put dead cows in, in the, in the well of some city, right? Because people depended on a central water mm. supply. If you, that's, that's what they did. They poisoned the well. That's a bad thing. If you're out in a desert country town and somebody poisons your well, you're dead. Mm. So that's a different story than modern society. Think what they would have to do. They'd have to go to every city and every little town in America separately. Yes. That couldn't have happened. That is not explain the disease that happened because they couldn't have done that. We are all separate water supplies. Yes, I know there's a second set of piping underneath certain cities, and I know that, okay? After 9-11, they looked at could people poison a water supply of a city, okay? Mm -hmm. They were looking at not the whole, not to make a pandemic. We're talking about a worldwide pandemic. Are you really telling me that they went to Brazil and they poisoned the water of all those little villages? I don't believe it. And, and that's not, so that is not a, a rational thing to consider here. They could, I'm not saying they can't poison a city. Okay. And by the way, we're already all being poisoned with fluoride in our water. If you want to solve the problem, get rid of fluoride. Thank you. Now they could, they could, if you were going to poison water, the biggest thing, the easiest thing to do is put it in bottled water. If you're worried about it, don't go to bottled water. In fact, I, I have a symposium I'm doing on how to be so healthy. You don't need a doctor that you can buy on my website. It's seven or eight parts. We're, we're at part five now. <laughs> but I looked at water. 
Okay. And I'm going to tell you, it turns out that the, the, the government, um, what I want to say, limits of contaminants in bottled water, the, 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 the testing requirements and everything is far less stringent than in city water. So you're better off drinking well, good filtered fit city water than you are drinking that takes out fluoride than you are drinking bottled water. You might just be drinking fluoridated hose water from uh, Detroit or some place. I don't, I'm not picking on Detroit, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. If you can, somebody could just put that in a water with a fancy label and, and literally it'd be legal. So don't drink bottled water. I don't think this is in the water supply. You would have to, you would have to dose it so high. Keep in mind, injecting it is one thing. Okay. Mm-hmm, so yeah. injecting it is a big deal because you could put it in each of these vaccines and inject it to people. That's why they had to, you know, we are wonderfully made as human beings. It's really hard to kill us. And so what, what they've, they've had to, to get us, they've had to inject things into us. They couldn't, you know, bioweapons never was very successful at killing lots and lots of people in without doing this. You, you know, it's the injections that they had to get under our skin, I guess I'm saying. So, so. I would just say, and, and in the water supply, again, you'd have to, there, there is a way you could backwash. And they looked at this, you know, like I say, after 9-11, you can pressurize from somebody's house or a, or a water hydrant somewhere and put it into the system that way. But you'd need big equipment and That's big right. trucks. Your neighbor would see it. I mean, it's not <laughs> something that would be, again, what you can do and what is practicable are two different things. I do not believe it's in the water supply. End of story. Okay. Now, that does not mean that every city shouldn't think about how their city could be poisoned. Mm-hmm. But I live in a town of 1,400 people. I don't think they're coming here, unless just to get at me. But I don't <laughs> think they're coming here. That would be a waste of their time. So I don't think most towns in America are at risk. And if you're in New York City, I can't help you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on Boy. there. But but again, it'd be unlikely. Okay. To do it, to do, do it, it'd be unlikely. Yeah. So. Because they would kill allies and not just the enemy in their their terms. Uh, we are the enemy. So, Dr. Lee Merritt, we've got six minutes left, and I do want to get back to this idea of the Biden administration pushing vaccines for young children. And we've had uh, the FDA restricting certain vaccines because of blood clot fears and other things. Can you kind of wrap this up and give us just some why aren't more people pushing back and protecting their children, for one? This is a great mystery to me. I have to say, honestly, when this whole thing broke out and people were taking this vaccine because they were and they were they were tricked. They were scared. Yes, I yes. get it. You know, but I thought they would protect their children. Mm-hmm. It turns out we're not. And I don't I, I I I wouldn't I can't believe it. I mean, I really can't believe it. Seventeen um, consultants to the FDA did and they all voted they did not vote to stop experimenting on children of this experimental thing, even when we were having death and, and the virus was going crazy. Hmm. Really? You know, and when did that happen? I, I'm going to tell you, uh, in my opinion, this is just biblical. It's just biblical because, you know, I don't know if you saw it. Um, the satanic temple is arguing now that abortion is, is a ritual. Yes. And it, and it needs to be legal on a religious aspect. I mean, next we're going to have Aztecs. Uh, asking for warrior sacrifice as part of their religion and be legal in America. I mean, this is crazy, but this is a child sacrifice that's going on. I, I, that's what I can, that's yes. all I can think. Yes. I mean, this is. is an organized child sacrifice. Children don't get, you know, let me tell you the numbers. We have the numbers in Sweden in 2020, the year of COVID. Don't look at the year of the vaccine because children dying now, they can lie to you. These could be vaccinated children. They don't, they don't advertise that in the news articles. But in the year of 2020, we know that in Sweden, 1.9 plus million school children, they did not miss a day of school. They did not wear a mask. They did not social distance and they didn't have a vaccine. They didn't do anything. None of them died. Okay. A few got sick. There were a couple hospitalizations, but none of them died. And the teachers did not get sick at any higher rate than the background. Therefore, children are not at risk from this problem and they don't spread it. Why would you ever give them the risk of a genetic altering vaccine? I know. Okay. These, this is transhumanism, mm-hmm. guys. This is not, um, I know more, I know it was interesting when this first broke out after it didn't take very long. And in the surgeon's lounge before I was cancel cultured, I just happened to say, notice that 
we were all talking about reading Revelation. People that hadn't picked up a Bible in 40 years. Uh, it's really, I'm telling you that's true. Yep. I mean, if you're paying attention, this is biblical. It really uh, reinforces a lot. So what's happening is this is a child sacrifice. And if we don't stand up for our children, we get what we deserve. I, I, I think that the the this is the ultimate test of our society. You know, I always used to say that, you know, when you're looking around the world at these societies that have euthanasia of the elderly and yep. all this kind of stuff, you know, you can really, you know, a society really, you know, the ethics of a society by how it takes care of the most vulnerable among its people. And we are, we are, your, your, your friend, Mr. Shara, who's tragic loss of his daughter, she mm -hmm. had Down syndrome. Yes. You know, they get, they get rid of the disabled. Yep. They, you know, they get rid of the uh, elderly and they get rid of uh, children with disabilities. I mean, it's just like, and, and a lot of children, they just think are too many people in the world. They're okay just sacrificing children. I can't come up with a medical reason to do any of this. No. And preborn babies for obviously the abortion battle. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. now they want that to be a religious sacrifice. Again, I'm not kidding when I'm talking about yeah. Aztecs. Yeah. You know, if you're going to allow that, why are you not going to allow human sacrifice in general? Mm. I mean, this is, you know, I, I have to say this again, when this whole thing with mandating everybody to get this vaccine, OK, I heard adults say things like, well, they're not going to mandate me to get it. You know, I'll have they'll have to I'll shoot them before they get in my house. And I, and I said to a couple people, I said, listen, where were you when they mandated your child to get their vaccines to go to school? Mm -hmm. OK, if you don't think the mandates are OK, why did you let that happen? And then how about when they mandated the nurses to get vaccinated and work? I stood up for that. OK, but most people did not. They did. They thought it was, oh, that's for public health. OK. Yeah, we should let them be man mandated. Then it was police. Then it was firefighters. So they've gotten us in the habit of doing things that is now the, this is the end game, transhumanistic, uh, vaccination death march. I mean, I don't know what you want to call it, but that's what this is. This is a genocide and this is a worldwide attack on humanity. And we can ask who's doing it. Um, I have my own beliefs, but, but mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly the, you know, um, I can't remember who said it. Uh, I think it was, uh, well, yeah, I do actually remember. It was, um, the FBI age, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover. And I think what he said is that, that people just can't, uh, I've got it right here. It's my favorite quote. I should remember. It said the individual's handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous that he can't believe it exists. Exactly. That's where we are. That's, That's really good. where we are. That is so good. And uh, boy, I wish we had another hour with you, uh, Dr. Lee Merritt. We appreciate your work. I'm so glad I was able to meet you in person at the Liberty Pastors Conference a couple of years that was ago great. in Dallas, Texas, and hear you speak. And uh, I remember your first putting up these slides on what's in the vaccine. I'm looking at these things going, wow, why are so many people going along with this? And we continue to ask that question. But thank you so so much for thank clearing you. Up. We have a handful of uh, bullet points and topics we didn't get to, but that's because there's so much information to talk about. But themedicalrebel.com. Dr. Lee Merritt, God bless you and continue to protect thank you and you so your much. work. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, well, tomorrow, Trevor Loudon is back with us. We're going to talk about his books, The Enemies Within, White House Reds, and also we've got Pete Garcia, a retired military veteran and aviator and author and teacher of Bible prophecy. He's going to be with us on Thursday. And Bill Perkins of Compass International, he'll be with us on Friday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and especially for sharing the podcast. Since we are censored and shadow banned, we rely on you and your prayers and financial support. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.